This is rather eerie, and I feel like I need to describe it to our listeners. Emily and I had just started recording. You know, we have some stuff that we talk about before we actually talk about the real stuff. And she was describing how shitty things have been lately. She's got a bad run of luck, and just in the middle of her story, my power rent went out, so we have to restart this recording. So, yeah. obviously, currently, we are cursed. Yeah, I have I have been listening to a lot of ghost stories, and maybe uh, one of the ghosts came through the podcast and is now coming for me. Well, in, in, in any case, I will, of course, do some spell casting tonight and see if we can cleanse our bad luck. Yeah, seriously, negate the shit out of that. That would be lovely. Um, it is snowing here where I live, like, just a little bit, so it's it's cute, and it's a Sunday, so I don't have to go anywhere, um, so I can enjoy it and just be in my warm house. So that's kind of nice. If- I mean, does Felix, the cake-eating bastard, um, super like the snow? Uh, yeah, he ate a homemade birthday cake that I made for someone, and I'm assuming he's just about to have lots of diarrhea soon, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Can't get through a podcast without referencing poop. <laughs> Not a single fucking podcast, so here we go again. So let's talk about shit. Uh, shit. So, Emily. Jennifer. Do you have a story for me? Yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> so I want to ask you a question because I feel like this is what we do a lot uh, is begin our stories with questions. Did you have a favorite Disney movie growing up? Oh, my gosh. I mean, yes, and I have a favorite Disney movie like now. I want to know both of them. Okay. So my favorite Disney movie now is Moana, big surprise. Mm, I haven't seen that. I don't watch children's movies now because I don't interact with children. I watch children's movies all the time because I am a children on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I am a children um, on the inside. That, like, that and Brave, like, both of those movies are, are very much oh, good. I have but I guess, like, Brave, Brave is, like, Pixar. Yeah. So, lo- love those movies, but uh, growing up, I guess, like... You know, The Little Mermaid really captured my imaginations, but then so did, like, the, like, animated um, Robin Hood and um, oh, yeah, and Fox that. and the Hound. Oh, my God. I cried so many ugly tears over Fox and the Hound. Oh, that one is super sad. That is a straight-up bummer of a movie. Yeah. I mean, but really, really my all-time favorite was, was Fantasia, because I loved classical music and... The little stories that each one of those pieces told was really amazing with all the illustrations. So yeah, Fantasia is pretty cool. Except I always hated the part where like the conductor was talking in between them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously he needed to shut the fuck up. But what could you do? <laughs> what like you're the boss of this or something? Ugh! Show me more Mickey drowning people. Okay, so I asked because the story I am going to tell you today is has been made into a Disney movie. The real story is actually very, very interesting. And what Disney did with that is very 
like terrifying how they changed this person and this is nothing to say about uh disney in general which oh my gosh can i guess can i guess things yeah i think you probably guess who it is (laughs) so are we about to talk about pocahontas yes oh my god yes (laughs) we have had some straight up like early america settler stuff going on lately okay i'm i'm totally stoked and i'm gonna shut up now oh good good okay so pocahontas was not her real name did you know that yes yeah um it was like a nickname and um one of the things that i read seemed to suggest that it would have been like like kind of nickname that like only your family would call you so it's kind of bizarre that that is the name that we have for her matoka or amanute was more likely her name which again i think both of those names sound way cooler than pocahontas so (sighs) why don't people let me name everything um so the disney movie jennifer do you want to give us a little recap of the main plot of the disney movie yes white people come over to not white people land and the indigenous population there start to clash with the white people and then like pocahontas meets uh john smith like and they like have this very romantic moment under this grandmother tree. Yeah. And- uh, also, I had somehow blocked this out until I started writing this. John Smith was voiced by Mel Gibson. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> so, so like in this case, a racist cartoon guy voiced by someone who later goes on a drunken rant about how much he hates Jews. So. You know, this is actually kind of accurate. (laughs) So um, they have romantic moment under the grandmother tree, and now they are, like, Romeo and Juliet level in love. Yeah. And then, like... Paint with all the colors of the wind, jumping through stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all all the stuff, and they're, like, some animal friends. And then short story, fast forward all the growing conflict between the two populations of people equal both of them are going to go to war with each other uh the indigenous group what what, do they actually have a name their tribe have a name in that movie now i can't remember it's been a long time i apologize this speaks deeply to my ignorance but um i don't know if they have a name in that movie but i believe they're pohawatan so they capture john smith why can't i say that yeah yeah They capture John Smith. They're, you know, going to crush his head with the big rock and a stick thing. And Pocahontas, of course, very dramatically throws herself between the rock thing and John Smith and says, basically, Dad, hey, listen, you killed this white guy that, like, I'm kind of sort of into maybe fucking, then you're going to have to kill me too. (laughs) And then then she saves the day, and there's great reconciliation, but that is not the truth yeah so for one uh let's just start with she never saved john smith that just never happened uh i saw something that said it might have been like an adoption ritual quote unquote uh which sounds a lot like white nonsense to make us feel better to me some sources say he was never really threatened at all ones which sounds very reasonable says that the tribe realized that John Smith would have been worth more to them alive than dead. 
So they're like, yeah, okay, we're logical people. We're not going to kill him. So yeah, so that's all bullshit. Um, but also going further back, uh, Pocahontas was only 10 when John Smith came. And that is very creepy then that we turn this into this weird love story situation. She was a little girl at this point when she meets John Smith and all of the other white people. Her tribe, who was the Pahuatan tribe. Well, that is the tribe. That might not be how you say the name of the tribe. (laughs) That could be very likely. But anyway, um, so the Pahuatan and the English were trading allies. So like at this point, they're not really fighting. She would accompany trading trips uh, and she would be sort of supervised and guarded really well. So it's likely that people recognize that she was important in some way. As she got older, she actually married someone from her tribe whose name was Kokuam. And he wasn't a very high status person, but Matoka, Matokawa, I don't know. I Listen, there are a lot of vowels and I am a white person. I can't say anything that's not like three letters. So this is, this is going to be a rough one, guys, if mispronunciation hurts you. Anyway, so Matoka was a really high status person. That actually is true to Disney. And he wasn't. So one source that I read indicated that this meant that they really loved each other and that's why they got married. Um, which is just really sad about what happens later. So she has a son with him, which some people are into. If you're into children, then this is that's a happy moment. If you're not, then <laughs> you know what? That's okay too. So she has a son with him. Things are going good. And then the English trick some indigenous people into getting her kidnapped. And it was kind of like this, oh, bring her here. We want to talk to her. And then they're like, haha, just kidding. We're going to keep her forever. It's a whole thing. And I didn't write the whole thing down because basically she gets tricked. I mean, okay. So listen, that is such like, God, it feels like kind of like a frat bro thing to do. It'd be like, hey, we just, we just want to talk. We just yeah, yeah. Talk. Come here. We just want to talk. That's all. Yeah. No, come on. It's, it's fine. Just bring her to our boat. Yeah. So she was kidnapped and they trapped her, I believe, on a boat. It might have been in like a little prison, but something for over a year. They're telling her that her father doesn't love her, that he doesn't care that she's captured. This is one, not true, and be also some like next level fucking shit. Like, yeah, this no, is... what? Yeah, this is really intense. Um, <laughs> okay, we just, just want to talk. Not just are you trapped in a boat, which definitely smells like shit and vomit, but then they're also like, yeah, and everybody that you know is happy that you're here. That's fucking mean. Okay, so that's just now. Now we're like, <laughs> that's now we're like, mean is accurate, but also such an understatement. <laughs> that's like middle school bullying level shit. Now <laughs> nobody likes you. I mean, they're grateful that you're on this shitty smelling boat full of shit where you belong uh, yeah that is the english in this story are basically like all of the popular girls in a disney movie oh my Um, god they are probably blonde Uh, unlike those girls though they probably smell really bad and don't because europeans at this point in history thought that bathing was bad for you and they didn't do it this is a nice patina of gross on there she is also raped like fucking of course she is but she actually tells i think her sister or an aunt about it and then she also has a baby so that's a bummer and then the way that she gets out of captivity do you want to know i she gets married yeah that's how she got out of it she's married to, to john ralph <laughs> to the to the villain in the disney movie 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The the like effeminate guy with the little braids and the mustache. That guy. God, mm-hmm. that this story is just it, more it, more and more upsetting every time I hear it. Like this real story is upsetting. The fact that they turned it into the Disney movie that they did keeps getting more upsetting and horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's a rewriting a very important thing that happened in history, and that's so fucked up. <laughs> And so like, fucked up. Again, not necessary. Like, Pocahontas is a badass, and she is clearly a survivor and is going to do, like, whatever she can to, like, be with her children and be herself. Like, there, this is an amazing story regardless, and you don't need to turn it into this weird, like, princess situation. I Like, why did they make John Rolfe that, like, effeminate fucking villain? Like, this Tim, this fat Tim Curry guy. Like, it's just bizarre. There are some really weird choices happening backstage. So anyway, so some sources, including the official Jamestown one, um, is like, oh, they fell in love. And her and her first husband had sort of divorced, which... I guess he divorced her while she was in captivity or something and divorce was something that their tribe had. So it was like, yeah, okay, this is a thing that's fine. But I do find it highly dubious that they were like, fell in love. Like, he was probably like, damn, she's hot. Uh, Come with me and none of these other guys will fuck with you. I will be the only one who fucks with you. And she was probably like, okay, well, shit, this is like the lesser of two evils and he has a sweet little goatee um, and I'm going to be out of a literal prison. (laughs) A literal prison. (laughs) Oh, God, I know. So, I mean, thinking about that choice is just, like, really making me feel sick to my stomach now. But I mean, the the thing is, is that there needs to be more awareness of the idea of capitulation as a survival mechanism. Right. (laughs) That that gets brought up in a lot of discussions of, like, oh, why didn't you fight? Or why did you say yes? Or why did you do this or that? And it's like... Because I was literally trying to get out of it with my head still attached to my body. And that's what I think. There was probably some element of her being like, okay, yeah, well, you're you're not you're not the worst thing. Her father did consent to the marriage, but it does say it's only because she was being held captive and he was afraid of what would happen if he said no. Jesus. Yeah, and then I think one of the things that the Disney movie implies but does not like follow through with is that she then was taken to England where she basically died right away like she was really really sick um, and of course you know it takes a long time to get from Europe to America at this point in history people aren't doing it back and forth all of these germs are new she was sick for a long time and died very young I didn't write it down but I'm gonna tell you how old she was when she died Uh, she was like 20 her whole fucking life was stolen from her yeah and i mean so this is she had a lot of really intense atrocities happen and it's it's really crazy but one of the things that i find really upsetting and why this is a terrifying story is that this still matters and we're still doing this to Lots of people, including indigenous people and indigenous women. Jamestown actually has an interesting thing. If you go there, their page about Pocahontas has the written history and then the oral history. And the oral history has been passed down through her tribe. um, And the written history is like what white people have written books about. Um, So they have both of them side by side. But the white 
people's story is way longer and on top um and there's no discussion of like why they might have told the story this way and why there are these discrepancies between the two which is like some weaseling out of hey we were in charge and we don't want to take responsibility for this horrible thing that we did to this person oh my god well and you know i there could have been like other types of documentation but there's no like from from different sources but the you know you you don't know if people like actively spent time eradicating that before they put all the time to put this stuff together so yeah well and it's interesting because there are a lot of things that are kind of mysterious about her quote unquote they think that she might have had pneumonia or smallpox or tuberculosis. There's some theories that she was poisoned that... So we don't even know how she died. Uh, Her husband, the real winner, says she died, um, all must die, but it's enough that her child lives, which is like... Shut up. Fuck that. Yeah, she (laughs) mattered regardless of just being like a baby maker for you. Yeah, that's such a dude bro thing. It is such a dude bro thing. This is the story of like bros showing up and fucking things up. That's just Western history. The other thing, there is a like a scholarly idea called the Pocahontas Perplex. And this is this idea that when Native women, Native American women are portrayed in media, like movies and stuff, they are just there to like hook up with white dudes um and then the white dudes usually leave them (laughs) but they've learned it's a basically a manic pixie dream girl before that became a thing this comes from a 1975 essay so this is like the original manic pixie dream girl which if you don't know what that is that's this idea that in a lot of fiction female characters are just there to like be cute and glittery and be love interests and inspire the men to be better and then that's literally all they do we say this about once every episode but we could definitely do an episode on manic pixie dream girls because it's terrible so can we talk about the manic pixie girl just a little bit more yeah i mean at any point in time yes because <laughs> like <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm sorry so like this whole idea of like some like wild like slightly so like that's the whole thing like manic pixie girl is like wild free spirit but somehow like quietly broken on the inside so that she can never be like right she can't be like a full person because of this brokenness but but through her wildness and quirkiness a sullen like broken young gentleman can walk that path to wisdom and become a whole man yeah exactly (laughs) and what the fuck is that bullshit (laughs) like that is the worst goddamn spiritual journey i mean both for 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 the woman and the man like why would that want to be like your this is how i come to be myself story well like i hung out with this girl and like we like snorted some cocaine and then like (laughs) drove to the middle of new mexico and like started a bonfire and camped out there for a week and we talked about like really deep things and like she liked Kerouac too and when I got back I was like yes I am ready to become an investment banker (laughs) yeah well and even if like the whole setup premise doesn't bother you it always is weird to me that they try to make the manic pixie dream girl this like really interesting clever artsy gal and then i'm like what do you see in this super boring dude 
I don't know, but his penis is what I need to feel whole. Like, it's just... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um, and I read something once that said, like, a manic pixie dream girl never has a job, but she always has a really cool apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, how, is that, how does that work? I don't know. Does, is this, like, also trust fund manic pixie girl? I don't know. Yeah, and, like, it's just, it's just insane. But, so, and... I think if you have made it this far in the podcast, you're probably um, interested in the humanities. But if you don't like the humanities and you're like, why do we care about these things? Even the Pocahontas perplexes from 1975. Well, the way that we like think about people and talk about them shapes how they actually get treated. And I think that if we look at how our culture treats Pocahontas, we can draw a pretty straight and short line to how indigenous women are treated today which is to say murdered constantly if you google indigenous women the first thing in fact the whole front page of google is that indigenous women are missing and murdered at insane rates like way higher than any other population their deaths and disappearances are not investigated in canada i believe they have a place called the highway of tears because of how many indigenous women disappear along that route there's just a lot of ways that native and indigenous populations are exploited and hurt and cheated and ignored to this day and it's because we i think it's because we don't have ways to listen to them and to their stories and our culture just doesn't value it and and like Pocahontas was a legitimately interesting person. She was a woman who really lived, and when a very powerful company decided to tell her story, they erased her out of it. Like, the Pocahontas in the Disney movie is a complete fabrication, and that's very upsetting and sad. Yeah, it really is. This is really a for shame, bad on you, what the fuck were you thinking Disney moment, because... (laughs) I mean, there are so many, but yes, definitely... (laughs) I mean, no, it is, it is, it is like, it's actually kind of gross how much of the story is misrepresented and, and to turn something that dark and that tragic into like this heartfelt, like bullshit love story and, and tell of heroicism, like, fuck that. Well, and like, (laughs) representation does matter, but, so I can see like, hey, we want to have, you know a princess who's native american that's great but like you could have told literally like this is fiction you're not making a documentary you could have told literally any story you could have invented one you could have talked to tribespeople about their like folklore and 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 built a movie out of something like that like there are princesses you could have done this so many ways or you could have just had a Native American character who is just a, a character who's fully developed and happens to be Native American. Like, there are just so many ways that they could have done this that was not, uh, like, feeding into these tropes and things that are really horrible. And, you know, we're recording in October, um, so here's a little PSA. Don't fucking dress up as a Native person for Halloween. Please, yes, for love of God, and don't do that. Thanksgiving is coming up. Think about this on Thanksgiving that this is a fabrication as well. And I, I think that, you know, I, I do want to also say that I brought up the rate of indigenous women missing and being murdered, and that could absolutely and should absolutely be its own episode. But I 
I am going to include in the source notes some stories about it, some news stories if you're like, I have no idea what's going on, as well as some groups that are doing good investigative work about this. And I'm also including some links to organizations that are working to like boost the signal of indigenous women's work. One of them is a link called Beyond Buckskin, which is a list of indigenous artists in their shops. So like if you want to buy a silver jewelry, you can buy it from actual Dine tribes people and not, you know, rip off factories. And a lot of them are on Etsy, which is interesting. So the show notes are going to be really important this time, if that's something you never look at. Uh, and also one other thing that I think is interesting. Have you heard of La Malinche? Uh-oh, what's that? So this is in Mexico. Um, and her and Pocahontas get compared to each other. But um, she was an indigenous woman who had a bad go of it. She was an indigenous woman in Mexico who ended up working as a translator for Hernan Cortez, who is a conquistador. And Cortez is, he is a bastard. A very bad man. <laughs> Yeah, he's a real Hitler. Um, he, like, he liked the murder. Um, he, like, killed her people. But she also had a kid with him. And in Mexico, like, if you call someone a la melinche, it's like calling them a Benedict Arnold. Um, they're a traitor. Um, and so she's this, like, this symbol of working with the enemy. And again, this is this idea of, like, trying to survive um, and, and being in a position where you don't necessarily have the power to say no to someone like Hernan, Hernan Cortez. But so she's another similar kind of story of a woman that not a lot is known about, except her reputation being sort of this indigenous woman who quote unquote worked with, but more likely was very victimized by uh, white conquerors. Yeah, this is these these are both great situations where like people are being given labels without really being able to step in that situation and see for themselves what that life is like. Right. Well, and like the idea of like, oh, she had a kid with him and she translated for him, you know, like that was not a situation where you could just like, he's like, hey, you woman, what is that guy saying? And what are you you're going to say? I'm not telling you. And then he's just going to like cut your head off. Like, it really was survival and you know particularly in the case of like Pocahontas she was subjected to like straight up brainwashing like they mentally broke her down and I don't think that if you're listening that you should be like oh I'm a white person I feel guilty instead it should be like you know we need to hear stories that don't fit into like the neat plot that we normally hear and we need to recognize different kinds of strengths and different different paths than just like, oh, I'm a princess and I saved his life. Like, I think that she's an interesting person and, and her real story deserves to be heard on its own. And then also to look at the ways that these things are still echoing in our current lifetime is um, is also something that we should know if you don't. Yeah, it's fair. And I mean, here's the thing. It can it can happen to anyone. It yeah. can happen to yeah. any group and of people. Yeah, and if you think, like, that you can't identify with someone because you have never been a marginalized or disenfranchised group of people, well, just wait. I mean, we're on a course to make sure everybody feel knows how bad this feels. So, <laughs> you know, just hang in there. Right. Yeah. We're, we're working listen, hard at that. The Republicans, the GOP, they are making sure that everyone is going to feel shitty. hashtag hashtag getting uh getting political but anyway uh screw those people definitely get informed about this issue do try to support 
native tribes people practicing their native handicrafts and not knockoffs that alone could also be its own episode of companies stealing native and indigenous designs jennifer please tell me you have a story to tell us no actually i was just gonna just let you keep rambling all right so i'm going to talk to you about a place that we are going to go the next time we have a chance and you are in austin i'm excited in 1821, there was an entomologist by the name of Ferdinand Luders. I don't actually know how to say good his last Luders. name. Good old Luders. And he was pretty... <laughs> yeah, good old Luders. Uh, it's L-U-E-D-E-R-S. If anyone wants to spend some time making fun of me and correcting me, how about it? Luders. Luders. I don't know. Anyways, Ferdinand here. He was cool. He was, like, studying nocturnal insects and he was like yeah i'm really into studying these bugs this shit is super cool he was in texas hill country uh right outside of marble falls which is in burnett county burnett county is a perpetual fire pit um it's also known as hell not true Mm. but it actually area is really beautiful but anyways he was checking out some bugs and he came across a sinkhole that is about seven feet wide and 155 feet deep no sinkholes are creepy well he just came across it and he's like yep that's a hole and he moved on in life <laughs> no what <laughs> here's what's important this sinkhole is called dead man's hole and it has a pretty um of course it's called dead man's hole there are probably dead men inside of it well i'm gonna talk to you about that um, oh no it has a very dark and sinister history uh, that dates to one of the most dark periods of American history, and that is the Civil War. Ooh. So, a little more about the sinkhole. From what I understand, it's mostly limestone. It's believed to be formed from natural gas pressure that basically made mm. the hole. So, needless <laughs> to say... Natural gas. Yeah. Needless to say, it's a hole with <laughs> gas in it. <laughs> a big, dark deep gaseous hole so and 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 that's not a joke uh for serious there there is very toxic gas that is in the hole this is like centralia's cousin (laughs) yes kind of well centralia like made its own holes this is just something (laughs) this is just something that happened naturally (laughs) we can't all be so lucky sometimes we have to make our own holes so, Burnett County is actually kind of interesting in the history of the Civil War because it voted against succession. It was like 248 to 149, so it's not like a little bit vote, voted against it. It voted a lot against it. And, as a consequence of that, mostly remained outside of a lot of the Civil War drama that was starting to unfold in the country. Good for them. On top of that, lots of uh, Union supporters moved into the area a lot of them were from non-slave states. Uh, there are some people from overseas. Generally, they just kind of lived in that area. On the other side of that, though, there was a group of people called the Fire Eaters. And they were a violent, what? violent group in support what? in support of the Confederate cause. Man, why do racist groups get to have all the cool names? Like, the Fire Eaters is a genuinely cool name for a little band of guys. Why do they gotta be supporting the Confederacy? It really has to... They 
get the cool name to make up for everything else about them that's shitty and terrible. Like, that's how it works. I, I guess that's true. I mean, the KKK has, like, wizards and stuff. Objectively a very cool name, also a terrible organization. Yeah, so... <laughs> I also, I don't know why I think about this, but isn't there, like, the Death Eaters in Harry Potter? Yes, the Death Eaters. The fucking SS guys, weren't they, like, stormtroopers? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, lots of great names, all really shitty people. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe this is a, a gut check if you're like, well, not my organization, we have cool names, and we're not an evil group. I mean, maybe you are. This is a good, this is a good litmus test. So... <laughs> So if you have a shitty name, you might be okay. <laughs> yeah, you're probably you're probably good to go. The thing about the fire eaters, it's not that they, you know, just supported the Confederate cause and they were violent. What made them particularly menacing is the fact that they they targeted people that they felt had union sympathies and they killed them. That's mm-hmm. what they did. So what does all of this have to do with a giant sinkhole? Did they throw? There was this sort of large, ominous oak tree that actually hung over the sinkhole. Mm, No! And the fire eaters, once they captured a person, they would do some sort of fake trial, Mm -mm. find the person guilty, and then hang them on that oak tree. And it was very convenient to then cut the rope. And that body fall into the sinkhole. Ew. Oh, no. So other things is, is they would just be like, um, straight up murder them, like beat them, shoot them, whatever, throw them into the sinkhole. Or, you know, there are some, now I say reports. The thing is, this happened so long ago and that they were, they really terrified the area. And, you know, as all things in history, documentation is shady. Um, so there there was say that sometimes they would just throw people down there alive. But Oh no. Um basically that sinkhole was their dumping ground. And, you know, historians land on the number seventeen, but there are reports anywhere between seventeen to thirty six people Whoa. were in the sinkhole. Um, Some bodies actually were recovered. Families would go into the hole and recover their loved ones, which remember when I said there's toxic gas down there? Yeah, (gasps) didn't always end well for people. People would pass out. People have died. Yeah, And then they got stuck down in there. Oh, this is terrible. So anywhere between 17 to 36, rumors have it, fell fate to the fire eaters uh, in that sinkhole. Who knows how many people they actually murdered. But there is at least five official names that they can document and say for true, without question, 100%. Fire eaters killed them and threw them down the sinkhole. Oh my gosh. I mean, I generally tend to be like, listen, once you're dead, who cares what happens to your body? You're just as dead. But there is something really spooky about... Being thrown into a fucking sinkhole. (laughs) Yeah! Also, like... What are sinkholes? What if your dead body, like your skeleton body, like popped up out of somebody's yard because the sinkhole like moved it with gas and sand to another place? So <laughs> you're just like, I don't, I will not even respond. I just, to that. I got nothing I can say there. <laughs> but um, I, I did misspeak a little bit. So it's not like five that made their fate with the fire eaters, but five people documented that had died, met their fates in that 
that uh, their dead body fates in that uh, sinkhole, but some of them were confirmed kills from the fire eaters. So let's talk about mm. some people that I can say were living their dead life in that sinkhole. <laughs> living their dead life. I just pictured like four skeletons sitting around a table playing cards. I mean, that's exactly what I plan to do when I die. I don't know about you. I mean, ideally, I would like to be a ghost, but you know, just to haunt a brewery and be a little mischievous or something. Sounds fun. <laughs> so there was John R. Scott, who was who was a judge. He had four sons in the Confederate Army, but the Fire Eaters accused him of having uh, Unionist sympathies. He got word of it. Now, this is the judge, by the way. I just want to stress that. This is a judge, Burnett County, who after finding out the Fire Eaters had his name in their mouth, he goes, you know what? I'm going to Mexico. So he, <laughs> he tries to flee and they catch him while he's fleeing and he subsequently died by fake trial at mm. Dead Man's Hole. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't like that. Adolf Hope was a German mm. settler. He was pro-union. He and Henry Flaunner? I actually don't know how to say his last name. Another name I can't pronounce. I'm not good at names. I think this will become evident Listen. throughout these episodes. So Adolf and, and Henry were out gathering wood for fence posts, and a ranger and a group of fire eaters came over and accused Henry of having attended pro-union meetings. They had their little fake trial, found him guilty, chased him down, and Adolf uh, reportedly witnessed all this, um, hanged him uh, from the oak tree. I love how it's just, like, absolutely random, like, two groups of people out hiking, like, hey, what's up? And he's like, oh, not much. I am German. And then they're like, ah, oh, no, you're not. We accuse you of sympathizing with you. Like, what on earth? This feels super random. Yeah. They just spotted some dude out in the woods and decided that he must be one of the others or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, it feels a lot like the witch trials where, where it's like, mm, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. You're dubious. Therefore, I kill you. Yeah, they're like, oh, check out old Adolf Hope. He's got a weird mustache. No, I don't. You're rude. And then they're like, nah, you're a union sympathizer. Burn him. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> um, burn the witches at the stake, or in this case, hang them from an oak tree. And then they fall into a sinkhole. Ugh. So the ranger then had apparently turned to Adolf and uh, had decided that he was innocent of the charges. But the fire eaters were That's like, good. eh, you know what? Gonna kill you anyway. So Adolf ran for we're her. all stirred up for a lynching. Yep. <laughs> they're, they're ready to go. They got one in. They're like, we need one more. Gotta hit their three-day quota. Yeah. It's like speeding tickets. You just... You know, you got you got a fucking civic obligation to fucking do that shit. <laughs> Tax obligation. I mean, that's not illegal at all. Anyway, Adolf starts hauling ass, and his story ends with his family, you know, noticing that he didn't come in, found his horse. Oh, no. Adolf also met his fate at Dead Man's Hole. Ugh. Well, at least they didn't kill the horse, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the light side that's of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even like horses, but man, I'm really grasping for straws for a silver lining here. <laughs> and then the other person that died that actually doesn't really have anything to do with fire eaters, but is still very much a story of Texas justice, 
is Ben McKeever. He Sorry, Texas Justice would be an excellent name for a TV show. <laughs> is it? Is it not already a TV show? It should be. So it's we'll we'll relaunch whatever Walker Texas Ranger, the thing that uh, Chuck Norris was on. Oh yeah. When they do the remake, it'll just be called Texas Justice. So Ben McKeever, basically, he shot at a dog who was nipping at his horse's heel, and then he decided to shoot at the owner of a dog, which was... Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this guy. He's quite a kid. I mean, you know what he is? He's kind of like, he's a hothead, but like he's shooting at them, but he's missing the entire time. So he's like that friend that tries to hit you all the time when they're drunk, but then like yeah. can't, just like keeps falling flat on their on their face. <laughs> Yeah, or like that friend that, like, when you first meet this guy, you're like, this guy is such a douche. Why do they hang out with him? And then you realize, like, oh no, he's absolutely ineffectual at everything. He's fine. Good enough. Good enough. I'll, friendship accepted. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you're too simple to be dangerous. Yeah, he shot at the owner. He shot at the dog. The thing was, is that the owner was a black man, and he did not feel like he had any recourse. So he couldn't, like, oh, yeah. you know, walk well, all over. Didn't. Yeah, he couldn't be like, hey, lawman, this gentleman shot at me and my dog. And, you know, if he did that, there might be unintended uh, consequences that are negative for him. So what he did is he told his friends, and his friends were like, oh, hell no. And then they, you know, basically killed Ben McKeever. Nobody shoots at my friend's dog. <laughs> right. They kill Ben McKeever, and guess what they do? throw him in the sinkhole they throw him in the sinkhole mm, that place is definitely haunted <laughs> right we're gonna go visit in 1998 it was named a historical marker i think a year before a year after ona lou roper who actually owned the property that the hole sat on deeded the hole in about six and a half acres of her of that property to the county so now you can visit it it's in a park and i feel like this is something we really need to do because uh it's i mean that's just fucking dark like first off there's vigilante justice going on everywhere you know two, yeah yeah <laughs> they're 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 arbitrary judge jury and executioner situations arising out of sentiments over the civil war in an area that like was mostly untouched by it until the fire eaters you know just got their panties all up in a fucking wad like you know we're gonna go a murdering to fix this we're goddamn heroes like this place yeah, is crazy that's actually a really good point like this wasn't an area where they were like the civil war was kind of an academic question for them it's not happening to you so it's good that you have an opinion but definitely don't need to be murdering people over it Exactly. Listen, if you disagree with somebody, do the civil thing and don't murder them. Just talk shit behind their back. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I think we should take a road trip at some point and go to, you know, all these weird, strange places that we have talked about. Listen, we're definitely going to stay in a haunted hotel. And we're definitely going to po podcast from the haunted hotel. I am giving this out as a promise now to whatever four people listen to us in the future. This shit mm -hmm. is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I would I would hope so very much. I think we should stay at the Driscoll, though. What is that? At least one of them. Remember that was on the Haunted Austin tour? Oh, and that's yeah, that's where yeah. we did find out. I think he started talking about um, the... <laughs> 
the cancer needle in Bob Marley's shoes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That guy. I'm sorry. I really tried to not laugh in the middle of saying that, but I, I couldn't help myself. Oh, yeah. Now I remember the Driscoll. And that I man, that guy, I wonder what he's doing now. He... He was a character, as they say. Yes, he he was he was very knowledgeable, though. Yeah. So listen, fourish people that uh, listen, if you would like us to come to your town, uh, find us in a haunted hotel and procure us a reservation there, and we will come and cast the pods in your neck of the woods, and hopefully have a very very creepy story to tell about the area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is all plausible. Um, I need to go. My cat is definitely wanting to come in. I left <laughs> her outside because otherwise she'd meow, and instead she's like, It's cold, Mom! Why have you abandoned me? All Things Terror is research recorded and promoted by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our editor is another amateur named Clint. We're most available on Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. We've also got an email, All Things Terror at Gmail. And yeah, I don't know what's going on with the website. Listen, we're amateurs. A music sample is by Cosimo Fog. Clint jokes with me, but it really will be hashtag into the sinkhole for him. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>